retrospective. I am Greg, and Rob is not here, and this is the wildest thing in the world. My friend Brent, who I have only met maybe two times, would you say that's right? Yeah, two or three at the most, <laughs> like in person, yeah. <laughs> um, I know he's a big wrestling fan. He does this awesome podcast on NXT UK, and I'm like, oh, I can just ask him. And at like 11-something at night, he oddly said yes. I'm a little concerned about you for that, but thank you so you much for be. it. <laughs> no problem, man. I mean, uh, anything for wrestling, right? Yes. Which, as I told you briefly in like the 20 seconds we chatted before hopping on here, it's all about Ruthless Aggression Era. So, like, when did you start watching? Were you an Attitude Era kid and then transitioned in, or how did that go? Oh, absolutely. In fact, I was pre-Attitude Era. I mean, like, uh, my first... Like, the first big show that I watched when I was a little itty-bitty tiny person was the 1991 Royal Rumble. So, like, and then I just stuck with it. So, I was, you know, end of the Hulkamania era, uh, survived the new generation era, attitude era of Ruthless Aggression on all through. So, uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I don't even go back that far. I consider myself pretty much a lifelong fan. That's wild. So, like... How did it feel like going through all those? Could you tell when each era was starting? Attitude's pretty obvious because Vince came out and talked to the camera. But like as far as like those transitions, could you tell like pretty instantly or did it take a while till you're like, wait, this is all different now? Um, well, like when I was really little and first getting into it, I mean, because like, like, dude, like I was little, like, I mean, I was like five or something. But um, yeah, I mean, like when Hogan was gone. You know, that signaled a, a definite change uh, because, I mean, I mean, Hogan was the guy way back then. So that was a huge void to fill. And and then you started to see the rise of people like Shawn Michaels, uh, which it's his birthday today. <laughs> um, oh, happy birthday, Shawn. Birthday, Shawn Michaels, in case you're listening. <laughs> um, you know, Shawn and Brett and like the smaller, more technical guys and whatnot. So it was definitely, you know, that that felt like a a bit of a different era, but obviously kind of in the bottom half of the roster, you still had a lot of really cartoony guys, you know, like Duke, Duke the dumpster and, you know, Duke the clown and stuff like that. So, which, you know, so that was kind of a weird mix of like these really incredibly talented athletic guys. And then just like cartoon characters. You was know? that around when Kevin Nash got saddled with a real quick wizard gimmick? That was in WCW. If I remember correct. Oh, yeah, you know, you're right. That was in WCW. Uh, like Oz? <laughs> yes, that was it. Yeah, uh, but same time period, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, they were doing the same exact sort of thing over there, uh, um, which I wasn't watching WCW yet at that time. But I, I, I realized, where are my manners? I did not give you a proper introduction because we just kind of jumped right into it. But yeah. this, this is Brent <laughs> Caldwell from Far From Fiction now, the band, which is awesome. You guys should all go check it out. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I believe we met in a show my band played in Altoona, Pennsylvania, I think was probably where yeah. we met. Yeah. Uh, and I th way back when I was in a band called Aim Your Arrows and yeah. uh, touring around quite a bit more than uh, I do these days. But yeah, thanks for the shout out. <laughs> I, I remember you were wearing an Iron Man shirt and I'm a huge Marvel guy. So I was like, oh, that guy's all right. And we had yeah. a sign. <laughs> It said, for every dollar a tip job by our merch table, Attila loses a fan. And that's how I started talking to you. <laughs> Which is oh even God, better totally in today's climate. It's perfect. So. Yes. Yes. That I do. That was that would have definitely been something we would have done. 
Oh my god. Uh but yeah, th- there we go. I got the intros out of the way. Now I apologize for that. Perfect. If I about five minutes into it, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you you can walk right off now. I'm sorry. But All anyway. <laughs> so where do you rank Ruthless Aggression Era? Because for me, on it, people always romanticize the attitude era. But for me, Ruthless Aggression Era is my top. I love it. It's my favorite thing in the world of wrestling. Where does it fall for you? Yeah, I think it's second for me behind NXT. Like, just, you know, I know that, like, the current era is, like, the NXT era, but it's, you know, like, my favorite era is, like, the NXT-specific part yeah. of this modern era. I just, I think that the in-ring is the best it's ever been, ever. Oh, my God, the, the in-ring board. talent right now, across the board, I mean, even talking Impact, NXT, AEW, oh, yeah, is dude. something we haven't seen before, like, on a mm-hmm. national stage. Yeah, it's amazing, and I, and I love it so much, uh, but Ruthless Aggression is is my second favorite era behind the NXT era, for sure. I now, I agree with were you. Were you a Raw or a SmackDown the, kid? Uh, I was a SmackDown kid. Me too. Uh, I didn't have cable. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I I watched both, and uh, like Triple H was my favorite part of Raw, but I felt like, and and they've even mentioned it. I think like on the network specials and stuff, where like Raw was more of like your entertainment show, and SmackDown was more of the wrestling show. And I 100%. ended up wrestling. Yeah, so I gravitated more towards SmackDown. You would see like Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio and Edge and um, you know person who shall not be named and whatnot. Uh, you know, just putting on killer matches every single week, and and that was uh, the part that I gravitated to the most. Now, what you just said, I, I do, I will get your opinion on quick, and I believe me, I don't like to dwell on this at all. But what this show normally is, which if you're listening, you're like, what the hell's going on? Uh, Rob had a bit of a family thing going on, so Brent was super kind enough to jump on last minute. But normally it's a watch-along where we go episode by episode, Raw, SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-view. And so Benoit comes up a lot, and it's always hard for me to watch and just talk about him like any wrestler when he's on. Do you remember that day when that happened? Yeah, yeah. Like, I couldn't believe it. Dude, like, you know, it. uh, just something so horrible, like... And of course, it was that was one of those things like, you know, all the details didn't come out right away because it no, wasn't like that how it special. is now. Like that happened nowadays. We'd know like everything by like, you know, four minutes later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Twitter wasn't around back then. It was not around. Or if it was, it was in like its infancy and nobody had it yet. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a crazy few days. And, and uh, you know, you go from believing that something, you know, you know, we didn't realize basically right away that Benoit had actually killed his family. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's an uncomfortable thing to this day. Like, yeah, it's always hard for me watching it. Cause like I said, we, we do week to week and I talk about when the matches are good and I caught, well, I shouldn't say I caught myself cause I, I admit I did. I was like, man, Benoit was fast in the ring. And when I'm watching that, I'm not thinking murderer, but it, it has to be addressed. You can't look over it. Oh, it's one of those not. weird art from the artist things, but I don't even feel comfortable doing that necessarily. No, not I mean, me either. I mean, if you're going through the time period, you have to watch them. You know, you have to watch his matches. They're all over the place. And he was a big part of what was going on at that time. So you have to, you know, you, you got to deal with it. Um, and it's it'd be an, it's insulting to just talk 
like just skip over him or talk like he wasn't there. He was there. <laughs> I yeah. mean, and that's insulting to everyone who's in the ring with who may have put on clinics of matches and then disappear. Oh yeah, him and Jericho were always great in the ring. I mean, yeah, like it's a it's just a fact um that he was great in the ring. Like, you know, the uh, such a talent and uh, you know, you can't change that, but you know, obviously can't just all ignore the reality either. Now, you said you were a Triple H kid. Uh, this era, Triple H bounces a few times. Were you more of, did you like the heel Triple H or face Triple H? I loved heel Triple H. I mean, I love yeah. face Triple H too, but uh, yeah, he was one of those guys that, uh, you know, the more stuff that he did to make people hate him, for some reason, the more I, I love them. I have a I have a crazy Triple H story, actually. If, oh, please tell. I love, okay. like, individual wrestling stories. Okay, so um, in... 2003 or four i think it was three though um he had just come out with his book like how to build a better body uh yeah I think it's called, but it was like a yeah so it was a book like a lot of guys were putting out books at the time mcfoley's put out like 27 books and um you know but so triple h came out with his book and um you know so me and a group of friends uh had found out that he was doing like a, uh, like if a meet and greet type thing where like, if you go to the store, I don't even remember what store it was now. Uh, but like, if you went to the store and you bought the book, you could meet triple H and at the in-store and he'd do autograph signing and, and stuff like that. So we were like, Oh hell yeah, we got to go. And you know, it was across the state, like two hours away, but we totally went and did it. And, uh, and, and so we, we met him and he was the nicest guy. And he's so huge. Like, was he heel or face at the time on TV? He was heel at the time, but he was still doing all this stuff, which was really interesting. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, come meet the evil villainous Triple H. Like, <laughs> that was the time period where they started pulling back the curtain. Not like today where you have the, the last ride with The Undertaker. Not that level, but still like, it's like, well, these are humans. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and the Vince Russo WCW crap you know, it, whatever part of the business hadn't been exposed yet, that exposed all of it. So, it was oh, like, yeah. whatever at that point. So, so we meet him and I mean, dude, you, if you've never been up close to them, you just can't understand how gigantic he is. Like just so big, so jacked. His hand was like so much bigger than mine. I was, I felt like a tiny little child. Um, and, but so he was cool and, uh, and everything. But then we ended up, uh, when the whole thing was over and this was so, this was so bad. Like this was such a, this was such a stupid thing to do. And well, you already, uh, you did drop the disclaimer that you were kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were, yeah, we were young I and mean, it was like 18 or something. So, you know, uh, and yeah, teenagers are dumb as hell. You know, we, we know that we, we all do dumb stuff when we're, when we're younger. Um, we ended up following the limousine. He was <laughs> to, uh, a sit-down restaurant, like an Applebee's or something like that. Oh, you broke the number one wrestler role that you read in all their books. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. If I had a, if I had a read his book at that point already, I would have known. <laughs> you know, but I hadn't. Uh, so we we went to the we went to the Applebee's or whatever it was. I, I can't remember what chain place it was at the time, but and he was with Earl Hebner, and so we waited a few minutes and then went in and we got seated, but we didn't, we did not go up to him during their meal. Okay. So, well, that's good. That's always a positive. Absolutely. We were like, 
we, we just, you know, we're like, all right, like, you know, we'll, we'll wait until they're done, you know? And so we, we did, and we got food, you know, hung out and, and then when they were done and they, and they left, uh, me and my, you know, one friend who, who was there, like, and there were like four of us, but we were like the two biggest like triple H fans. And we approached him very kindly and very like, you know, respectfully, just to just to give him extra thanks for what he did and to say you're like a big part of why both of us like wanted to get into wrestling and uh he was really appreciative he wasn't standoffish he you know shook our hands again and chatted us up for a second and and totally like was seemed fine with it i'm not sure if he was or not but he asked if we were coming to the show that night which we weren't, unfortunately, because, again, it was across the state, uh, so we didn't have tickets to the show. We should have, although I don't know if that would have meant that uh, he was going to want to talk to us again or if it meant he was going to try to get us banned from the building. I'm not sure. But, um. <laughs> well, that took a much more wholesome turn than I thought. Like, once it got to the restaurant, I was I was getting ready for the cringe, but I'm glad I didn't get it. But uh, <laughs> we mean... saw Raw came to our small town um, probably around 2000 seven six or seven around then uh in johnstown pennsylvania and oh okay oh wow i didn't i didn't even realize there was a building big enough for it in johnstown yeah, barely there's a hockey arena oh, okay. <laughs> but um and it was the dx reunion tour so when that was going on and so at this time i had never seen triple h wrestle i later got to but i was stoked because they kept advertising dx in johnstown and i was stoked right i didn't I'll... know about house shows though that Whatever they advertise means jack shit. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> and so we're all stoked. Like, everyone has their green glow sticks. And you hear the, are you ready? Boom, boom. And Sean comes out. And everyone's losing their mind. And then it's time for Triple H to come out. And you hear the woo. And Ric Flair comes out in DX gear because Triple H wasn't there. And I was uh, so let down. Uh, uh. But after the show, my friend's dad, who went with us, saw Sean and Rick in their rental car pulling out of the building, and he was an old-school wrestling guy, and he loved Ric Flair. He ran up to their car window, <laughs> which I do not advise anybody to ever do, and yeah, starts yeah. knocking on the window, screaming, Nature Boy, Nature Boy, wooing at the window. Oh, Ric my God. Flair got a look of sheer terror in his face. Sean was driving, starts smacking Sean on the arm. Go, they ran a red light to get away from him. Oh my god. Oh no. So, with that ingrained in my mind, I was worried how your story was going to go. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we didn't catch any pedigrees through any tables or get told to get lost or anything, but yeah, I understand why. Oh my god. And that was like a, a whole grown ass adult doing that. <laughs> he was in his forties or fifties. Yeah. Oh man. Oh so, no. Triple H was your favorite heel. Who would your favorite face be? Like if you're thinking back then, uh, in ruthless aggression, uh, oh my God, I mean, probably Shawn Michaels, really. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you're very much in the evolution DX stories. then. I bet you love when that was going on. Oh yeah. Oh man. Evolution, dude. Oh, I was, I was about it. And like, we talked our... how great evolution was because WWE for as great as they've done. Stables have always been kind of more the other brands things. WWE has trouble pulling off stables, especially. Yeah, they do. After that time and on. But, mm. man, Evolution was great. It really was. Uh, uh, you know, back then, 
you know, a, a lot, a lot of my friends that we would watch like all the pay-per-views together with and stuff, you know, they, they, they didn't care much revolution, I guess, just cause they won too much or they were, you know, just all about, you know, cheering the babies and booing the heels or whatever. But man, I loved evolution. I just, you know, a bunch of guys who were awesome and knew it. <laughs> oh, yeah. it I think it was great too. Like it was smart. They put all the raw belts on them. Yeah. At that uh, Armageddon pay-per-view at the end of 03. Yeah, and it would have been, I, I wish they would have had, I hate saying the word, but at the time Diva, but a women's wrestler, I wish they would have let, like, there have been a women's wrestler, and they could have really, like, had the full Raw domination. Well, exactly, I've, I've been wanting forever for them to have a real serious, like, a really strong faction that had, you know, men and women in it. Because we had it with Sandy, groups, but they like, didn't bring it up. Yeah, they didn't boost him up to like winning all the belts. And we had, you know, they, they Punk had the Straight Edge Society at one point with Serena and everything, but they didn't like dominate like that. It would have been awesome to have somebody like, I'm not sure who would have necessarily fit the mold, like maybe like Molly Holly or something. Honestly, if uh, we're talking back then, not so much for in ring skill, but that fits like the cocky attitude. I could have seen a Miss Jackie with Evolution. Oh, that would have been really cool. Yeah, that that would have been awesome, and then they would have had the full full deal. But uh, but a great faction, probably the best faction of that decade. Oh, for sure. If you're asking me, I mean, what else did we have? The Spirit Squad. <laughs> yeah, not too much competition, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, like, did you have it, any moments that you loved and or hated? Because we can't just sit here and suck on the the ruthless aggression. We got to call out the bad stuff too is there anything that you remember that you just despised or anything like that i'm trying to think about something that like stands out in my mind right away uh as far as just something i didn't like about that period of time do you remember Uh, the concrete crypt match yeah uh, yeah i I don't was that was that at that same great was that at the great american bash where everything was terrible yeah, that was the real. It was the first one they brought back, but yeah, it was that one. <laughs> was that was that the same one where? No, that couldn't have been. That was was that Mordecai's debut? No, he did his pay per view debut was Judgment Day two thousand four. Judgment Day. Okay, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Sorry, sometimes it gets a little bit me- mixed up. It's been a while since I've rewatched. No, oh, because there's probably something wrong with me that I know that, so you don't have to apologize. <laughs> I, I just remember, I remember it being like just burned into my retinas. Yeah, him uh, versus Scotty Too Hotty at Judgment Day. Why would you debut that character against Scotty Too Hotty? Because he was supposed to be like a hedonistic, sexy symbol, and Mordecai was, you know, basically yeah, what you see in the that. GOP government today. Yeah, and, exactly, right? <laughs> just with, just except with the long hair. Take yes, that out some longer hair. Yeah. Yeah, and then you got the GMP. Uh, yeah, good. Um, got, uh, Mordecai was kind of, uh, you know, was was not executed well. Yeah, uh, and then they, they tried to... the ball with. Uh, they dropped the ball with Heidenreich. I thought. I oh, was... good pull. Yeah. <laughs> Are we was... talking about the Michael Cole stuff specifically? <laughs> the Mike, the whole Michael Cole thing <laughs> was that was that was bad. Just. Now, I, I don't know if I had to say, like, trigger warning or anything, but it is a serious thing. But obviously, this was not a real thing that happened. But was it implied that he raped Michael Cole in that segment? Because I, I, that's been, like, internet legend, and I don't remember it enough. I haven't gotten to that point in the rewatch. But 
I know people always say that, but wrestling fans are also not always the most, you know where I'm going. Yeah, so but was that implied? That people that's like what to happened? make things up based on their own speculation and then it becomes truth over the years or whatever. Exactly. I, I'm not sure. And I wouldn't be surprised, though, because, you know, at that time they were still like, you know, you, you'd push buttons where you could and imply oh, yeah. certain things. I mean, we had, you know, I mean, we, we had like what, like, you know sex with corpses at one point oh yeah <laughs> i mean, I mean you the know kane lita thing was disturbing as hell looking back on it yeah they 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 did a lot of things from time to time that were like oh oh we're we're going there huh <laughs> oh boy uh but i haven't i haven't re-watched any of that the, that time period in, in a while so it's difficult for me to like remember all the details right off the top of my head but but i i wouldn't be surprised now i'm curious i'm gonna end up re, you know going back and watching some of this well stuff now i'm curious though because if it wasn't that what about the heidenreich got you i thought that heidenreich was somebody who had a lot of potential and when they just turned him into a comedy character with like the poems and stuff which not that i didn't think they were funny because they were funny Weren't they serious at first, and then everyone was laughing at him? <laughs> I think so, yeah. And then and then he started... I remember he had one where he was talking about, like, how much he liked farting and stuff, and I was like, oh, okay, he's dead. Oh, you got, like, a <laughs> wave of, like, brain cells that haven't been activated in years opening up right now. I forgot <laughs> about all of this. But, I mean, Gene Snitsky. Oh, my God. Which part, the baby or the foot? <laughs> I mean, I was thinking specifically the baby, like... I'd like to meet the person who caught that that doll. And, I've yeah. always wondered that, and there's nothing online. I have looked it up, and I can't find like someone who like has it in their house or something. Yeah, like, you would think you would want to like you know bring that up, like post that to your Instagram. Like, by the way, here's the kid that Snitsky kicked. You know, like like I want to know like what they named him. You know, <laughs> like what... I'm waiting for that to pop up on eBay one day and go for like way too much money than it is worth. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Somebody's gonna pay for their network subscription with that sale when it happens one day for sure now i i don't mean i don't mean to pinhole you in a box here but i do know because i've we're friends i follow you online and everything you're very into women's wrestling which is how could you not right now carrying um, what's that <laughs> they're carrying it i mean the oh yeah carrying the company and been carrying especially nxt w wwe side 100 100 percent. now yo shirai <laughs> she's great Looking yes. back here, what are your feelings? Because obviously the divas, the bra and panties matches, stuff like that. But like, were there things that made you shake your head? But things that also you're like, well, that was great. Or is it all kind of just a ick? A lot of it's kind of an ick because it felt like they would do. I mean, they they would do things from time to time. Like Lita and Trish got to main event a Raw for the women's title and put on a kick ass match. Oh yeah. Uh, which they always did. Great chemistry together. And there which were I think other... I saw Sasha Banks say in an interview that they'd make that during like training in NXT de developmental, they'd make the, all the women watch that match. I wouldn't be surprised. It's a great one to like start people on. I, I feel like it was maybe ahead of its time. I mean, there were some bright spots. Like you'd have Gail Kim putting on amazing matches and Molly Holly was around and Victoria. That's who I was just going to suggest Molly Holly for sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. Loved Molly Holly. Uh, loved Victoria. So they had some great talent, but 
for every time that they would allow them to just go out there and put on great matches, they would then the next week you'd see them wrestling in a inflatable tub full of gravy. And it's like, what are we doing? I know we just, we started at the, well, for our watch along, we started at the raw where Vince did his ruthless aggression promo and Got right off the bat there. It's, um, What's the word I'm looking here? Hyping up this special that aired on Spike or USA, whatever network they were on, called Divas Undressed, where they won a Golden Thong Award. And that was all the women stuff, like storyline, everything going. We haven't even gotten past it yet, and the special already happened. We're dealing with the fallout from the Golden Thong Award. God, yeah. like It's like there was still a lot of residual attitude era nonsense that they had to shake off, you know? Yeah. Um, Honestly, I don't. I don't know if it ever shook off until Give Divas a chance took off. But, I mean, most of that stuff, I guess it was the PG era that stopped the overly sexual stuff. Yeah, and people complain about things like that. And it's like, really? Like, we have dozens of talented women who can, you know, hang with anybody in the ring. And you would you're pining for the days of just you know i mean whatever dude like go go, go on pornhub exactly it's there that desperate like you know i mean not, i'm not shaming porn obviously of course you know but i'm just saying like for from the perspective of the you know the dude on the couch just longing for those types of things like just go watch something that will provide that for you and let the let the people who wrestle wrestle because yeah, it's a, we love it. <laughs> I always hear people say, "Bring the Attitude Era style back." And as far as like violence, I'm all for it. Yeah, but I always say with the caveat of, "I don't want to go back to that." Exactly. Like I think the the Attitude Era is so romanticized. I think just because it's like that was that was a really interesting time to be a wrestling fan because everything was changing so much so quickly and but the internet wasn't really a thing yet so it was you know it it was like it still like felt really real i'll tell you even in ruthless aggression where we are now the internet's barely a thing because they were advertising on the one we just watched to mail in for your wwe shop catalog Oh man, catalogs, dude. Um, wow, yeah. I think if WCW won the Monday Night Wars, I know we're getting off on a tangent here. People are going to yell at me because what's the name of your podcast? But if WCW would have won the Monday Night Wars, the Attitude Era would not have been as romanticized. I think it's because that's the era where Vince won that that's why it's so romanticized. I think that's a good point. That's something that I don't really hear people ever bring up too often, but I think you're right. And you know, I don't know if it's because it forced everybody to be super creative with the types of storylines they were doing, or if it was just because everybody on the team is going out there, you know, giving it a hundred percent every night, you know, in, in whatever segment they have. But I mean, yeah, like you think about attitude era stuff, like, like, like the matches every week on raw and stuff like weren't really that, great they were oh, great no. because of the characters who were in them like obviously when stone cold goes out there and does stone cold stuff everybody went crazy for it because oh, for it good awesome. reason too because it was great but yeah it was it was great but it's like eh, attitude era matches were like punch kick punch kick punch kick counter counter your finisher a bunch of times finisher 
one, two, three. <laughs> exactly. Pro- and then probably like overbooked amounts of interference and stuff. It was just it crashed TV. You know, oh, every- running, running, running all the time. Yeah, every time. I mean, that's you know, also I think why not even just ruthless aggression, but specifically SmackDown ruthless aggression. I loved so much because that's where you really saw the groundwork laid for where we are now in wrestling. That's was SmackDown really in that that's- time. Completely accurate, dude. Absolutely. That that's perfect. I've never heard anybody link the two before, but you're a hundred percent right in my opinion. For whatever like, that's <laughs> Oh, I, I'll take it. If anyone wants to tell me I'm right, I will listen all day. Please no, right send me that. all your messages. <laughs> I think you're completely true there. Dude, yeah. And it was also like you know the what I call the Paul Heyman syndrome was the you don't fight for free, save the big matches for pay-per-view. They yeah. still built up the pay-per-views back then, but they still put a lot of focus on their regular TV main event. Uh, just an episode or two ago that we did, we covered Hogan versus Jericho in the main event. Could you imagine if, let's say six years ago, let's pretend racist Hogan doesn't happen here, but let's like, say six years ago, <laughs> you booked Hogan versus Jericho, that would be a WrestleMania main event. Yeah, and we got that on a SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, for free TV. And like, yeah. I, I love that. That. I think that's missing. We still get good matches on TV, but it's no secret. And I don't know if it's good. If It's probably good business to save your matches for the pay-per-views, but I don't even know what pay-per-views do for money anymore with the network. Exactly. And I think, I think part of the problem too, is it's not, it's not sustainable. And I think we found that out the hard way because it's like, once you've, once you've done a pay-per-view type, you know, show every single week, eventually it's like, you're, you're going to eventually run out of, of who you can pair up together, you know, because like what, I mean, if you're going to, you're going to have like Liv Morgan lose to the same person every week forever. Exactly. Well, now the way around it though, is if you build up those undercard guys, but that hasn't been happening. No. And I think it's, it's, it's hard. I think it's hard to do with, you know, you have a, your show every week on whichever brand you're talking about and then your monthly pay-per-view or whatever. It's like, I think that this 12 pay-per-view, like a like this one-a-month pay-per-view model, I think is probably obsolete. And I think that it would be, it'd be better, I think, if they went back to brand-specific pay-per-views and then just save the big four. I 100% the, yeah. agree, because for multiple reasons, it gives the undercard a talent uh, time to shine, because yeah. if it's only SmackDown. Well, we have more room to fill and it lets you more time to build up, makes your TV better. Like, for example, I'll admit, I barely watch Raw and SmackDown on TV anymore because I'm like, well, I get the pay-per-views for free. Everything's building up to that. So I'll, I'll watch Extreme Rules when it comes on, but I'm not going to watch all of the build up to it. Yeah, because you almost don't even need to because there's only a month between pay-per-views anyway. Yeah. And their Twitter tells me everything that I could have seen. I'm like, oh, OK, I got all the gifts. Yeah, yeah, right. I got everything. I saw all the good promos. I saw the good finishes. I know what's happening. It's yeah, the the digital age has made it less important to tune into weekly TV, especially if you hate commercials. That's why I I generally end up watching it later on on the network or on Hulu without commercials. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> now, well, I'm gonna round out soon since this is a bonus episode. One, I appreciate you so much for coming on. For real, this is this is wild. I would bet. I would have bet my house on no one was taking me up, let alone you right away. Um, um, but I'm going to run through some Ruthless Aggression Era questions. You don't have to answer. There's no right or wrong answers. And I'll just fire them at you here. I'll do my best. I already did your favorite face heel. Favorite comedy moment through the whole time. 
Um, I mean, I don't know if it really counts as like a comedy moment per se. <sighs> no, maybe I want to save that because you might ask a question that's better pertaining to, to that answer. And if I don't, by all means, at least throw it out at the end. Okay, I will. Favorite comedy moment from Ruthless Aggression. I feel like all the things that were funny to me were like funny because they weren't supposed to be, but they ended up being funny anyway. Like, like, like Mordecai. <laughs> like, that's a very good one. You know what I mean? Uh, um, or something that I think is horrible looking back on it, but I laughed at it at the time because I didn't know any better. But in that, that uh, 2004 or five, I think, yeah, 2005 Royal Rumble when, when, um, when Benoit Guerrero and Hardcore Holly were just chopping the hell out of that one tough enough guy. Oh, Daniel Pewter. Pewter, yeah. Yeah, there was a lawsuit because he got so mad he left the company, but then he didn't get his earnings, like his winnings from the game. There was a lawsuit about that, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, like, you know, laughing my ass off while I was watching that when it happened. And now I'm like, oh, my God, like, that was so awful. Like, you shouldn't do that to a person. No. Man, um, Hardcore Holly had a crazy chop. Like, no yeah. one talks about his. His were brutal. They were nasty, dude. Like, just nasty. And, you know, and people were popping so hard for, like, just nasty hard chops back then. I think, you know, Ric Flair got him so over, and then everyone started noticing everybody else that did him. And, you know, you'd have somebody that, that'd be, like, 50% of their offense just back oh, yeah. down corner and chop the hell out of them. There's there was a lot of just chopping in the corner. Uh, I've already had to watch a lot of chopping in the corner. You got a lot more to go. Oh yeah. <laughs> now most shaking your head could be offensive, could just be bad, anything like that gimmick. Worse. So this isn't your favorite. This is one that you're just like, why in the world did they ever do that? Because there's a pl- there's plenty of them here. Yeah. <laughs> um a few examples. We already mentioned Mordecai or Kevin Thorne, Muhammad Hassan, Eugene. There's uh, the Dominoes. There's a ton of them. I was going to I was going to mention Eugene because uh, again, like buttons that they were willing to push at that time. I mean, that was that was a pretty insensitive thing to to do, and uh, and also, I mean, kind of a waste of what Nick Densmore was capable of. For sure. Now, I will say this. Um, I, I don't know anyone listening. My brother, had, um, he passed away, but has mental problems. He was mentally handicapped. Uh, but when I was a kid watching Eugene, thankfully, I think I was right at the right age because I just thought he was great. I, In my mind, I'm like, well, it's good that someone with special needs can wrestle. If I would have been a few years older, I would have thought how everyone thinks now. I'm exactly. like, what the fuck? And it's so funny to hear that perspective, too, because it's like if you don't know any better, you almost feel like this is like a good thing or something. But it was always played for laughs. So Exactly. Which, I mean, I laughed at it, but just like mentally challenged people like anybody can be funny, not because of that, but just like anybody can do a comedy bit. But I didn't realize as a kid that it was making fun of it. And so it's kind of I 100 percent Eugene's a bad one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you could probably also say maybe like the <laughs> maybe Edge and Lita having sex in the ring was like, you know, not the best idea. But I, you know, I don't I have think to that... ask you. Yeah. Do you think it happened? 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Because I don't think I, I think it would be really difficult to do that in front of 17,000 ish people. Someone on the, the hard cam side would have been seeing it. That's all I'm saying. I mean, yeah, like how could yeah, you would have. Yeah, I just I just don't think I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that the company would have been totally up for it if they felt like they wanted to do that or could do that. But uh, I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I remember John Cena giving the, the FU, not the AA at the time, to Edge and his boxers after it and everything. And remember of course, my immature, loved- like, 13-year-old self was going, nah, he has a boner when Cena's doing it. it was- <laughs> remember when everybody loved John Cena? Oh, yeah, I remember. And you know, remember, Edge was right around the time when everyone turned on him because how could the Rated R Superstar was so cool? Didn't they? They didn't they? They turned on it because of the real life deal, right? With with Lita and Matt and her cheating on him with Edge. Isn't that why everybody turned on Edge? That is. But then he started doing the rated R superstar doing live sex in the ring, and then Edge was the cool like, oh, yeah. you know, like this isn't like your dad's wrestling guy. And when he started feuding with Cena, I think that's where you start seeing that turn against Cena. I think so too, because Cena was pushed so hard, and then Edge was. I think I think Edge was as the rated R superstar, kind of like that was kind of like your, the Attitude Era guys wrestler at that point. Oh yeah, and Attitude Era fans are still obviously like you know around at that point. Not as many of them, but a lot of them are. So he was kind of like that era's version of like a of an Attitude Era guy, and Cena at this point is kind of. Oh, you know, almost cartoon like because he was being such a, um, you know, such a baby face at the time. So I, I think you're right. When when Edge cashed in at the end of that uh, elimination chamber match, oh yeah, New Year's Revolution. Oh, so cool. <laughs> that was the first cash in ever too. No one knew. Yeah. It, like you knew they could have a. I thought it was like no one knew. But I thought it was like they could announce when they wanted a title shot. I didn't realize like. I want my title shot this instant. Yeah, you cash in right now. That that was so great. It was so well done. I I kind of, as much as I love the Money in the Bank pay per view, I kind of wish they still just did that match at WrestleMania because then you, it's like you've got all year up until WrestleMania to then you know use that. Side and, note: Not just ruthless aggression. Who was your favorite cash in of all time? Oh my, um. <sighs> Probably Alexa Bliss. I was thinking, I was like, I say, oh, I'd probably keep her honorable mention, but that's okay, good. I loved that. <laughs> Bailey's was awesome too, and uh, and Seth Rollins was. I was going was, Seth. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Edge, Alexa, Seth for me in that order. Well, no, not that order. I don't know why I said that, but those are my top three. <laughs> those, yeah, three great ones. Um, uh, most of them have been pretty cool. You know, there haven't been too many, like, crappy cash-ins. Man, I'm still trying to figure out how they're going to do this Otis one. I'm trying to wrap my head around that. And I'm wondering if he's going to be, if it's going to be a successful cash-in or not. <laughs> yeah. All right. Your favorite finisher from the Attitude Era? Got to be the RKO. Oh, especially back then. That's where the Out of Nowheres really started coming out. Yeah, not not having a clue that it was going to become memes galore later. But... Oh, my God. I love when the RKO memes took off. I, I love that they're still going. Like, like I've seen some lately where they the 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 Photoshop work that has been put into them is just mind blowing. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, then finally, your favorite moment. 
Um. Uh, There's no wrong answers. If you want to throw in one or two, I'll take it. I think this is still, I think this is still uh, ruthless aggression era. But I'm sorry, I love you, super kick. That is ruthless aggression. Yeah. That's yeah. a good pull, dude. I wasn't even thinking that. I, I, I mean, that, that I will was... say you're the first guest we've had on. So you, you, I can't say no one said that before. You get all these are your own but man that's a good pool i i mean it was one of those times where it like just felt so real you know like i'm even kind of like it, it brings the emotions back up just talking about it like that was oh it was that was so genuine until flair showed up in tna a few months later oh yeah that that was kind of killed it but at that time it was great in the moment it was just incredible i felt did bad you see the oh i'm that. blanking on his name all of a sudden kurt hawkins what's his other name I know, I'm still trying to get it down, too, because he just showed up. Brian um, Myers? Yeah, that's it. He sent yeah, out a tweet. He tweeted that and quote, like, used that quote for, with Vince McMahon on Twitter. I, it was great. That was, that was grade A-level marketing yourself right there. Right? Dude, Impact just put themselves back on the map. Oh, yeah. Their numbers were huge this week, I saw. They were, yeah. I'm, I'm happy about it, dude. I've been back on the Impact train for a couple of years now. Uh, Tessa kind of got me back into it. Tessa and Sammy Callahan, and I can't say I watch religiously, but I do enjoy when I watch it. Yeah, it's it's a fun to me. It's like the it was. It's been the most like stress free show to watch. I can just watch it, and it's cool. Um, because with like WWE, I'm, I would always, especially like with the rise of Becky Lynch, I every week I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, please don't screw this up, please don't screw this up for her, please don't screw this up for her. <laughs> um, you know, it's just like I I get stressed stressed out sometimes uh, watching certain things, but like Impact, it's just it's just really enjoyable. Uh, they just put on fun matches, and you know they they do some weird goofy stuff sometimes. Uh, they got this Wrestle House thing uh that they're doing it's like supposed to be like a reality show like as a segment during the weekly impact show and it looks like it's gonna be hilarious so uh yeah and they just picked up a ton of people that oh yeah all those layoffs worked out for them big time big time so all right brent well thank you so much for coming on for real i should have this up here this week Uh, everyone go listen to I almost said your old band name. I'm sorry, but that's so ingrained in my head still. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> Please listen to Far From Fiction. Are you Thank still doing you. NXT UK pod? It's been on hold because NXT UK has been on hold. Yeah, that's what I figured because I hadn't seen an episode pop up of from you in a while. I'm like, whoa, that makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I appreciate that. Though. As soon as there's more new NXT UK to talk about, I'll be talking about it. But in the meantime, you know, we're all just trying to get through this and, uh, you know, staying staying healthy and staying safe and, um, you know, thankful that there are some people who are out there, you know, risking themselves in more ways than one now to entertain us. And, you know, very grateful uh, and appreciative of everybody in all the in all the companies, WWE, Impact, AEW, everybody's, you know, doing their best to uh, try to keep us sane right now. So, all right, Brent, where can people find you if you want to be found? If I if you'd like to find me, you can find me at Brent FFF on Twitter or Instagram or Brent Caldwell on Facebook, though. Uh, I pretty much just use Facebook now to just like drop things and walk away. I, I just post something that 
pisses off Trump people and then just leave and don't check my notifications. But I... <laughs> all the time. Thank God you have Facebook too, because I shot you that message and thankfully you responded. Oh, dude, all right. I'm so glad it worked out too, because like I was just like sitting there about to like just put my phone away and then it popped up and I was like, oh, wonder what's going on. So I'm glad I'm glad you sent it and when you did. <laughs> all right. Well, everyone, thanks for listening, Brent. Thank you for the fiftieth time. But this was Ruthless Retrospective bonus episode. Thanks, guys. Bye.